Welcome to the official ABA Law Student Podcast, where we talk about issues that affect law students and recent grads. From finals and graduation to the bar exam and finding a job, this show is your trusted resource for the next big step. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Hey guys, and welcome back to the ABA's Law Student Podcast on Legal Talk Network. If you're just joining us, that means that you have an episode that you need to listen to that we actually recorded last time. So I am Demario Thornton, and we had a great conversation with Amarosa. So great that we needed to extend it a little bit longer. So this is part two of our conversation. And today we're going to actually continue our conversation where we actually got a little bit deeper about our journey through historically black colleges and universities more specifically law schools, we talked about our experiences, what made us want to go to law school, what made us want to go to HBCUs. So take a listen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen, we are back again. She's probably going to just become a co-host at this point. We are back again with (laughs) the incomparable Amorosa. The Demario um, <laughs> and Lady O show. Here we are. <laughs> Live from oh my the closet. Wait, I get top billing? Oh my God. Like, I got top billing. The price just went up. Let me just say that. Yesterday's so, price is not today's price. Not today's. Price. today's okay. Listen, so last time we actually talked about your trajectory to getting to law school, but today I want to talk about something that is near and definitely dear to my heart, HBCUs. On the ABA Law School podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we have, I believe it's, uh, what the last time I checked was 105 HBCUs, I believe. It's around there. (laughs) Something around there. I have personally been to two HBCUs. I'm a graduate of Talladega College in Talladega, Alabama, and I will be Mm -hmm. graduating from Southern University Law Center in May of 2023. But ladies and gentlemen, Omarosa has not been to (laughs) one, not two, not three, wait, not is it been four or has it been five? This is my fourth. This is my this fourth. This is her fourth HBCU that she <laughs> will get a degree from. Amarosa, tell us about these HBCUs. So, um, I don't know if you watch Different World. Did you and do, watch it and Different do. World? <laughs> and, and do. I've seen every episode and do. That show has such an incredible impact on me, uh, watching Different World. It just didn't even seem real. I had never seen a glimpse of that. I grew up in Ohio. The college in Youngstown that was near me was Youngstown State. It was a predominantly a white institution. And that's where I thought I was going to go to school. Or I went to visit Wilberforce and I went to visit Central State as an athlete. And so when I got to Central State and it gave me that Different World vibe, I was like, oh, I'm all in. I know I didn't want to leave Ohio. And so it was going to be either Central State or Wilberforce. And I chose Central State because of their athletics. But I had to have that experience. I had to get a taste of that different world. And it really was a different world. It really does (laughs) feel like that. Like, as I guess the closest thing to being in a movie or being in a TV show in real life is going to HBCU. Like, I truly believe... (laughs) That you will not get another experience like this. So I do want to know, I think we talked about it a little bit beforehand. You were Miss Central State. 
Can you please I tell was. the people the gravity of what uh, being a king or queen at an HBCU means? Oh, the gravity of being uh, the HBCU queen on your campus yes. is, it, I don't even know how you measure it. Uh, my freshman year, there was a, a woman named Dina, Dina Powell. She was so beautiful and regal. Oh, just perfect skin. And she would get up and speak at convocations and she would say, I am Dina and I am Miss Central State. I was listen, sitting there like, I want to be Miss Central State. Listen, all of them had that great. I I still remember because um, I was an HBCU king, but my freshman year, we had a queen and her name was Shamitra Gooden. She's like, I'm Shamitra Gooden, Miss Talladega College. I'm like, it's, it's how you say it's, it too. Yeah, you it's, gotta so, say it's, it right. it's something about that. But like these are little things and little nuggets that you will not experience anywhere else. But but you no. saw Dina, and I'm sure you were like, I'm going to be See, the next planet, time. soil yeah. ready, water that thing for three years because you can't run for my central state until your senior year. Senior year. And so Correct. I spent three years preparing. Right. I spent three years <laughs> Listen, preparing. People don't understand. They don't understand. Was, it is you are methodically trying to figure out how you would get this. And while it is a fun experience, I truly believe that being a HBCU king or queen will prepare you for law school. Like, oh, it does. Oh. It listened. I, but there was an additional challenge for me. No woman had ever won Miss Central State without being in a sorority. Each year it changed. You were either AK or Delta. Yeah, you have to AK or Delta. Yeah. And that's the only way you win. Well, my campaign was built on being an athlete and um, my relationship with the international students and community who also made up a big part of our athletic community. So I ran a very different campaign and became the first woman, I think, in like 30 years of the title to become Miss Central State without being a member of the Divine Nine. And that was just pretty remarkable. So this is why we love our HBCUs. There are six HBCU law schools. What yes. made you say, because your name has notoriety behind it. What mm -hmm. made you say, I am going to an HBCU law school? So confession, I only applied to the six HBCU laws. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I only confessions. I Confession. confessions, true confessions of a law student. I know that I knew that I wanted to continue my education at a HBCU. I regret that there are only six. Makes it more exclusive. Um, right. And so <laughs> I thought I would probably go to to Howard Law School because it was very comfortable. Uh, but then the lawyer who represented me in one of my major cases I talked about. It's a graduate of Southern University. Her name is Erica Jackson. God bless you, Erica. And she said, you should consider my law school. And I was thinking, she is such a good lawyer. You know, we won the case. She's such a good lawyer, <laughs> such an incredible person. I'm, I'm going to have to give it full consideration. And sure enough, you know, Southern was the first school to accept me. I mean, it was like that. I applied yeah. in maybe two weeks. Uh-oh, my mama calling. Hold on. Oh, sorry, y'all. Yes, uh oh Am I back? Yeah, you did. She ain't gonna stop calling till I tell her. Wait, it's my mama. Uh, hold on, <laughs> mommy. I gotta call you back. Let me look. Oh, it's so nice. You did that already. Yeah. Oh my gosh, mom is so cute. Call me back 
back. Okay, I'll call you back. Love you. Bye-bye. Shout out to Mama Rosa. Listen, <laughs> my mother would have kept calling this phone until I answered. That's my mom. That's my mom. She, she has my, my mom. law school schedule. I gave her a whole breakdown is, of where I'm, I'm supposed to be studying right now. She knows. And this is her yeah. only little window to call me in. So she would have kept calling me. So a lot of people say that HBCUs or HBCU law schools don't prepare you. Oh, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I've heard that argument since my first days at Central State. Oh, going to an all-Black school will not prepare you for the real world. Um, and you'll, you won't go very far if you go to just an HBCU. Well, I'm here to tell you, as someone who has worked in the White House not once but twice, not, not for just one U.S. president, but yes. two, and a vice president. I've worked for two U.S. agencies, government agencies. Um, I've worked for three billionaires, and I have worked for two Fortune 500 companies. I have done that with an HBCU education. So do not listen to the detractors. It is not true. The truth is yeah. that you get an incredible quality education at HBCUs personalized just for you with people who Correct. care about your matriculation. And it's not just passing you through. It is truly a place that you can grow. It's like an incubator. Incubator um, for and- gladiators. I say that all the time. It's an incubator <laughs> For gladiators. Let me tell you something like going to a HBCU. First of all, there is a level of grit that you need to have because no, while everything is not just handed on a silver platter, there are things that you have. Sometimes you might have to go dig that platter up, but it just teaches you so (laughs) much grit. And I definitely believe that it makes us more valuable and it makes us have a little bit more hunger and tenacity than other students and my my legal hero a giant of all giants thurgood marshall graduated from an hbcu you know a howard university graduate who truly i look to the work that he's done including helping to start the southern university law center Mm -hmm. that's just really all the inspiration that you need to know that you're in the right place correct no i definitely agree so i hear a lot of people they always like to and I'm just realizing that in this moment, I always tell people, I went to Talladega College, people are like, what's that or whatever. I would just imagine that you came from a Harvard or a Yale or some Ivy League school, but it just goes to show the level of competency and the levels that HBCUs are placing into their students because... You know what? God bless, um, God bless Ivy League schools... They produced U.S. presidents, our first African-American president graduated from Harvard, so kudos to them. But I've lectured at so many of these Ivy Leagues. I've lectured at Harvard, Cambridge, Oxford, you name it, I've been there. And I will tell you the difference for me has been going to an institution that has always had my best interest at heart. They didn't just start accepting African-Americans 30, 40 years ago like some of them, but from its inception, Historically, Black colleges and universities were designed for people like DeMario and Omarosa to educate brilliant young minds and give them an opportunity to thrive and to make a positive impact on our communities. And that's what HBCUs have done for me. The assumption that I would be better or greater or whatever at PWI, the truth of the matter is what I bring to this institution helps me 
but it also helps the institution. And that's the way it should be, that we should be cultivating while we're getting our education, cultivating the next generation. And that's always what I've worked to do. So there is a little black girl and a little black boy out there listening to this podcast because you know how it is when you're about to go to law school you're listening to any and everything you can that says law everything (laughs) literally (laughs) any and everything what would you say is the greatest gift that a person of color can get from a hbcu law school affirmation you know i'm reminded every day that i am enough and that I can conquer anything that I put my mind to. And there are people who are cheering me on every step of the way and reaffirming my purpose, my vision, my work. That's what I will say to you. You make this choice because you know what? You know who you are and you know what you wanna do. And now you just need that amazing village to help you accomplish it. So I'm a person that likes to read between the lines, you know, like I'm analytical. And I always yes. think to myself, like, <laughs> I hear all the noise, what people say about Omarosa. I see it all in the news or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. But when I look at your resume, you've been to four HBCUs. And it's <laughs> you probably could have went anywhere you wanted to go, but you've chosen to go to HBCUs. Mm-hmm. What is the most significant thing about HBCUs that you believe has helped you to prosper? Well, I, I love being at an HBCU because I think the, the greatest asset is its faculty and its staff. I mean, my relationships have lasted my entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, when I am not in class, Professor Williams um, we'll pick up the phone and say, girl, why aren't you in class? You didn't email or text me. Are you okay? Oh, you're not feeling well. Okay, now I know. Call me after. Do you need something? That's what I need as a student to grow, to thrive, and to accomplish what I've said. And I've gotten that at every one of my HBCUs, every single one, without fail. One. If, if I'm not doing well, if I don't show up, If I'm not the same, you know, if I'm in the classroom and my spirit is down, let me tell you something. They will call you on it. That's what I need. I need people cheering for me. I need people calling me out when I'm not giving my 100%. I need someone to check on me when I'm not showing up. And I need folks to reaffirm that I am great. I am brilliant. I am capable and I am equipped to be the greatest attorney that I put my mind to. That's what I need as a learner. And that's what I get at an HBCU. And so when you are looking at the, I guess, the candidate pool of law students, mm-hmm. what would you say if you had a, this is Amorosa. Amorosa is the boss, okay? Amorosa, <laughs> the Amorosa law firm of America International Global <laughs> Industries. <laughs> You have two students, one from HBCU, one from a PWI. What do you already know about that HBCU law student just by seeing their school name on paper? <laughs> that's a that's a tricky question. I know in no way want to advance any biases, but 
we do have shared experiences at historically black colleges and universities that require you to be organized, that require you to navigate the administration, to navigate the process, to navigate the politics, you know, um, to navigate sometimes the divisions and the unities and the clicks sometimes, right? Um, and so I feel like if you have successfully navigated all of that and you've never given up and you completed successfully, completed your matriculation at an HBCU, that you are equipped with tools and skills that other people that did not attend a Black college have. <laughs> That's my assumption. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And that was the perfect answer. One day I'm going to learn to answer questions like you. Cool. And so I want you guys to please go get Omarosa's book, Unhinged. You can buy it wherever books are sold. I got mine from Kindle, but I mean, mine's on Kindle, but <laughs> you can get it wherever books are sold. It's a very good book, especially if you. you like celebrity nonfiction, I believe. And <laughs> I have returned a many of celebrity nonfiction books and I did not return yours. So it's a very good book. Thank Where can you. the people find you on social media, Omarosa? Please follow me on Twitter. I'm at Omarosa. On Instagram, I'm at Omarosa. On LinkedIn, at Omarosa. On Snap, at Omarosa. On TikTok, at Omarosa. On... <laughs> no, just at Omarosa me. <laughs> And before I let you go, Amorosa, I just want to know, have you ever met another Amorosa? I met an O-M-O, Omarosa, in okay. Italy when I was there. He was a guy and his name was spelled okay. with an O. But no, I haven't met one with the same spelling, although there was a woman who named her daughter after me <laughs> oh, okay. because I, I coached um I coached her in pageants. So there's another Omarosa out there. I can tell you that. But you're probably the first one. Well, I thank you so much. I know you are a very busy woman. And I really do thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time out to come just to speak with me, which you didn't have to do, but you so graciously did. Thank you so much. Demario, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your show. And this has been a wonderful conversation. Yes, it has. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much to Amorosa once again for coming and spending a little time with me. Thank you so much for you for spending a little time with me. And make sure to keep listening to us wherever you listen to your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify Podcasts. Hey, it's no judgments here. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. And make sure to, uh, yeah, don't do anything. Just make sure you're back here next time. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. Remember, U.S. law students at ABA-accredited schools can join the ABA for free. Join now at AmericanBar.org forward slash law student. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.